So I hear you did this thing with a black guy. <laughs> that's a little, that's a little odd that, way to put it. Is that too vague? It's not how I would put it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I did uh, Mr. Research's show Ooh. last weekend. And where do I start? Did he show up on time? Yeah, yeah, huh? he did. Okay. He did, yeah. I got to say this, and this isn't like making any excuse for anything, but the one thing, well, I'll say this first, actually. He's got probably the dumbest fucking fan base I've ever met in my life. Legitimately. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't gonna call out the whole man fan base like that. All of them are dumb fucking people. Dumb human beings. Okay. Yeah, like, I assume you have an explanation as to it's just the arguments they were making. Mm. I got three sentences in, and they were already going. What is he talking about? It's like, fucking listen. Are these the intellectuals? The intellectuals, oh. a league of extraordinary morons. <laughs> <laughs> None of the intellect showed up. It was just me and him. <laughs> special um, special set of uh, people with skills. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the one thing that, uh, rubbed me the wrong way right off the bat is, and, and I always wondered listening to his show, why does his, why does his guests sound like fucking morons? Mm. And I used to blame them, but now I have to blame him. Okay. He doesn't prep anybody Mm. about what he's going to say. I asked him specifically before the show started. I said, can you give me, this is literally like three hours before we did the show. Can you give me a rundown of what we're going to talk about? Right. He gives me like f- four topics. We didn't get into any of those topics. Maybe two of them we got into. Okay. And the first one was a topic that he didn't prep me on, didn't tell me what we were going to talk about. He just jumped just right in. Jumped into right it. in. He it was about the EEOC. Right? Okay. okay. Which is a organization that keeps track of like racial, racial. complaints and right. blah blah blah. Right, right. So he just jumps in and goes like this is the, the the EEOC and this and this and this. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the EEOC? Hmm. I don't I, I don't know what you're talking about. So I I think he was trying to bait you, um, in terms of because you know we're very vocal on the show about hmm. how we feel about racism and stuff. So he was trying to say, well, these are the complaints. So how can you say it doesn't exist if there are complaints here? But he never even told you that he was going to go there because then you would have been prepared for a kind of answer. Or at least been prepared to either agree with him or disagree with him. Or disagree with him. He's like going, oh, well, you don't know about the EEOC, so that means you don't know about racism. What? Tell me, give me the information. So (laughs) What a douchebag. The problem is, as I realized during the show, is he wants to be the smartest guy in the room always. Mm. And that's, that's, and, and it's making his show... Um, it's making his show lack in certain places because of that. That's because everybody everybody is lower than him, so nobody's challenging him on what he's saying. Well, no, it's not even that. It's it's you have to as a host. You say, okay, we're gonna talk about this. Anybody that's done the show with me, Alex Coquito, um, Ben John, anybody that's done the show, Kevin, Kevin mm-hmm. um. Or just the show with me, the one-on-one. Right. I've specifically prepped with them. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? Where are we going with this? 
What's your what's your expertise so that we can have a good show and then also maybe inform some people? And it's just it was just it, it, it got me to the point where there was a point where I checked out mentally mm-hmm. and we were talking about because um, he was belittling like working labor jobs, labor jobs. Yeah. Okay. And I go, all right, it's good to have a mentality be, to, to work beyond a labor job, but it's important to know the, the sort of the ethics of working hard. His response was, well, I don't tell young black men to work hard because it's never done anything for us. I was done after that. I was like, all right. But if you've never worked hard as a black man, <laughs> then how would you know it didn't do anything for you? And we're talking about Mr. Research. According to him, he's one of the hardest working black men in America. So so you're he's going to belittle his own struggle. That is weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, he's going to take away that he's probably worked very hard for his life. I'm not doubting that. Mm-hmm. It's just the weirdest goddamn dichotomy and mind state I've ever seen in my life. And, mm-hmm. it, and I just mentally checked out of it. I was like, I, I don't know what to. You know, you're right about the fans because they probably ate that shit up, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And there was it, he brought what I'm going to show everybody right now is a clip because um, he brought this uh, broad on. And it, to me, it was the most entertaining part of the show. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to leave the link for the full show um, in the description. And I'm going to give you this little sample here or whatever. But please tell me she didn't tell the story because we all know women can't tell stories. Nah, she just ranted. Oh, OK, she just ranted. Okay. Just yeah. Flapping her gums, just flapping her gums, feeling good, <laughs> feeling good about her emotional fucking <laughs> expression she was queening she was a queen? she was queening Ooh. yeah <laughs> okay let's and, and there was a little i'm not was there a little sass no 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 oh there was plenty of sass oh, okay 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 there was a little bit of simping from mr research and Ooh. it was only because not mr research because me and him clicked on the feminism thing mm-hmm. but it was only because she was making the point about racism and it was backing his point so, and that's what I just, sh- like, I'm trying to show people, like, wokeness makes you fucking retarded. And that's the example. It's like, now you're backing this dumb broad. Right. For what it, just listen to it, guys. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Let's get it's it. pretty entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So here's a young lady, Classic Ruby. Classic Ruby, give me your thoughts. Uh, Chris, please don't interrupt. Let her get her full thought in. Give All right, me your- I, real quick, I just have a hard time not interrupting women. So hey, just let you know. Self-control. 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 Good to know. Allow her to have three minutes, and then uh, you can jump back in. Go ahead, Classic Ruby. Don't let him trigger you, Classic Ruby. That was a ploy to get you confrontation. Go ahead, sweetie pie. You know me. I'm not the typical woman. Trailer hurts down there. She knows I'm not the typical woman either. Anyway. That's what typical um, women say. Go ahead. Probably. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't associate with many. Um, so anyway, point being is I've been listening. I did miss the beginning, um, so I can't really say uh, too much about, you know, whatever you said there. But I will say this about what you just said, and I think it's kind of an issue overall. Um, when people overgeneralize their personal experiences and direct experiences to the general mm. population um, and say, well, if it was like this for me, then it's like this everywhere, or it should have been like this everywhere. That's where I kind of have an issue. because I think it's incredibly disingenuous. So while I'm very happy for your family, your father, your grandfather, um, that they were able to work hard, you know, 
they were able to achieve success as a result of that. Um, and nothing really stood in their way or held them back. I don't really know them um, or you for that matter. Don't know what they look like. Don't know what you look like. I uh, don't know about, you know, phenotypically, stereotypically black or white features that any of you have to be able to point to those things specifically. But what I will say is that it's incredibly disingenuous for you to say, well, since this was my reality, when other people say, no, that's not the way it works, um, they're lying. That's not really what it is. They're all being fooled. Because oftentimes, just like you're speaking about your own experience as reality, they're speaking about their experiences as reality because they directly experienced it or because they have a direct family member who's experienced it. And it's something that really frustrates me. Like, I think that you're the kind of person who would say, oh, well, all every Black person who's been picked up off the street, well, they must have done something wrong. No, they're, they're never innocent. They never had anything planted on them. That never happens in a disproportionate way to this particular community. The cops that come out and say, actually, yeah, no, we were literally sent to particular communities and we were particularly warned off of other communities that you'll say, oh, well, no, I think that's all bullshit. That's just uh, another ploy because that's exactly the talking points that you use regarding Trump and other things. So uh, overall, I just think that you're a little bit hypocritical and you're a little bit disingenuous and you don't really think things fully through. All right, let him, let, let him respond. Let yeah, him yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there. First off, if you want to know how I look, follow me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter at uh, Krishan the Don on all those social media platforms. Um, first, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm not saying my father never went through anything racist. That's not my point. I'm not saying that nobody's ever gone through anything racist. Wow, that's it, never it, been it my point. Like, it sounded okay. like that's what you were saying, but go ahead. No, yeah, I, that's why. Yeah. That's where you guys don't understand the difference between systemic no. racism and racism. No, I think I think because you didn't articulate it well. Maybe I didn't. But uh, now that I said that, what does that change in your view? Okay, so now you have you, your your dad has shared some direct experiences with you so you know what it is but but go ahead I, I, i'm not sorry even, to not even go, go ahead. My, what my father what my father did that was important yeah that's cool is um he made sure i understood that he thought it was that he didn't know for sure so it, it helped me to logically think things out you get what i'm saying are you following me I'm following you. I just don't think that you're necessarily logically following things out because it seems as though whenever you have the option, you err on the side of it wasn't racist. There is no targeted attack. The system never works against me. So it must be something else. That's what I heard no, again and again over your it's, stories. It's just not the first thing my mind goes to. It's literally the, the last thing my mind goes to. So uh -huh. for instance, you talked about um, police being sent to certain neighborhoods mm -hmm. and those neighborhoods happen to be black neighborhoods, right? Mm -hmm. It's because the police were sent to high crime neighborhoods and black people were begging the police to come and police our neighborhoods because when we call you, you don't show up. Remember back in the 90s, that was the big thing, like Tupac, one of the big things he, he went off about is that the police wouldn't show up when they called. They okay. demanded that the police come and, and um, police these neighborhoods because the gangbangers and the drug dealers are taking over. 
I grew up in these neighborhoods. I know exactly what's what's going on. I was friends with with the with the criminal element. Okay, but here's the issue with that. Um, and and I'm speaking about the specific cop just because it's the freshest instance in my mind. So it just happened, I think, last year. Um, but in this case, no, he wasn't being sent to high crime areas to go and stop um, all of this crime and violence that's affecting you know the neighborhood. Uh, they were sent to non uh, basically non-white, um, poorer, predominantly black communities to go and basically shake people down to make sure that they met their quotas, right? And so you don't want to do that in the middle class or, you know, upper echelon neighborhoods because you might accidentally get a judge's son with some weed in his pocket or whatnot, right? You don't want to make your quotas on people who could impact you or who could be bad press or bad PR for the upper echelon. So what mm -hmm. do you do? You go to the poor neighborhoods, you go to predominantly black neighborhoods, and then that's where you go and you basically, in a lot of cases, violate rights because a lot of people don't actually understand their rights and they don't know based on their state what they're allowed to say yes and no to, or they say yes and no, and then a trumped up charge hits them. Um, mm -hmm. And in that case, now they're in the court system, even though they technically didn't do anything wrong. You don't hear those things being pulled in upper middle class or upper class neighborhoods, right? But you do hear it again, disproportionately affecting black neighborhoods. And you have several cops who have come out and said, oh no, we were sent here and this is why. And I felt really crappy about it. However, had to make my quota. I was trying to get to homicide one day. 30 seconds, 30 yeah. seconds. Well. All I'll say is I, I don't believe in um, police quotas. I believe there there's a lot of faulty police training. To be honest, on the the, the George Floyd um, the training on the the whole knee on the neck thing, I don't I don't think that's proper police training. But it was police training, um, and he was doing what what he his job entailed. Um, I don't know what this case that you're talking about. If you want to send me some information, you can, and I'll I'll look more into it. But my broad uh, perspective on it is pretty much what I said. Okay, I, I think, and here's part of the issue, because there are a couple cops in um, the black manosphere that I've heard speak on some of this. And so what they said, for example, is that at some point, it was police procedure. For example, you could put um, a suspect into a chokehold. Um, and then, mm -hmm. they, then they remove that as part of procedure, right? Because putting any type of sustained pressure around the neck um, is dangerous. And so so you can say, well, yeah, I was part of training at some point, but like you said, well, the angle's wrong. The angle's wrong because they move the angle because they say, hey, listen, there's certain places you can't put that sustained pressure. It's dangerous. And a lot of people have actually spoken about that. So, you know, at the end of the day, here's the problem with any trial about cops is they find a way to kind of be like, come on, the cops were just doing their job. But that's bullshit. No, it's like, not. It, it, it's 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 bullshit. a it's it's. I'm not saying it's justified or whatever. And this is why we have things like uh, qualified immunity, right? Because let's say that they do deem that this training was improper and blah blah blah, and that training led to George Floyd's death. I'm not totally convinced of that, but. Um, the point is, is that cop morally shouldn't be held responsible for that death because he was following the training. The problem is, is that the people that are pushing 
to like the guy they they settled they settled with the uh, family for twenty seven million dollars. The people that are sell- settling with the family are the people who are putting these these trainings and these laws into place, and they're using Derek Chauvin as the uh, the, the the fall guy, and they're trying okay. to get yeah. That so I'm just saying we could talk about the real problem, which is the training, but. You okay, guys want to talk but, about racism. No, and but that's here's, not the real issue. This is why I disagree with you on the training point. Because um, <laughs> for all of the many, many times um, police-related deaths happen, and I mean to unarmed sus- suspects, very similar to this, right? They don't always press charges. They don't just go, well, the public's in and out cry this time, I'll press charges. Oh, well, you know what, it it could be iffy, even though it was procedure, all press charges. They absolutely don't do that. So unless there was clear evidence on their side that, hey, no, listen, these cops were out of line, they would not have pressed charges. And that's because most of them are lying. 100%. They're lying. lying. And I'm not saying that it doesn't get by that there might be somebody that just doesn't have the evidence and it happened. Sure, cool. I'm sure that yeah. happens. Wait, what I'm saying is, most people these cases that come out. That's why a lot of these cops don't get charged. And the problem so is, is that put, you talk, you're talking sorry, about the DA, you talk about the DA, you're talking about the mayor, or who, who are you talking about specifically? I'm talking about all of them: lawmakers, Congress, everybody that's pushing this this narrative. They're trying to skirt the real issue, and they're trying to also divide us at the same time. We're sitting here talking about racism when the real issue is, is this police training proper? Okay, but here's the thing, though. Police are not trained, and, and this is for real. Police are not trained, for example, to murder four-year-olds sleeping in a bed. Um, they're right. not trained to not read a warrant before they kick down a door and then kill the little four-year-old girl sleeping in the bed, but they're in the wrong house. They're not trained to do those things, and yet they occur. And when they occur, and they shrug their shoulders and they don't really care because, hey, it's a poor black neighborhood, so oh well, right? Mm-hmm. That is a, an issue of race because they wouldn't do it in an upper class, predominantly white neighborhood. They wouldn't do it. And so when you see that and you say they would never do this when the people are white, they would never do this when the they people do it. are they white. Do it all the, they do it all the time. All right, oh, really? So there was there was a there was a case that happened exactly around the same time as the Breonna Taylor case, and it was the same circumstances, but it was it was white people, and and nobody cared about it. What and, was the case? And everybody felt no. the same exact way. Wait, what was the case? You uh, mean? Are you talking? Wait, hold on. Can I ask you a question? Are yeah. you talking about the time that they showed up at nine o'clock in the morning, knocked on the door politely at a decent time? Um, while everyone was awake, and then told them, hey, listen, we need to search your home? Are you talking about that case? Because that is nowhere near the What case are you talking about? You're just, you're just saying, you could be just making that up. No, oh, I'm absolutely not. No, hold, hold on, hold on, let me let me. But that's here. not the same case. It was the same circumstances. Yeah, yeah all, all she's asking you is what's the case, but here's where we'll meet in the middle, both of us. Um, training is is a problem, but to Ruby's point, it's not more so of a problem if and when people go outside of the training and do something that's not in the operating procedures at all. Yeah, and we all agree that's bad. That's not good. So so that's why I said we'll we'll, we'll all meet in the middle on that, so that way 
you guys don't get bogged down on just on that thing. So training is a problem, but it's because well, she, well, well you're, you're sorry, you're trying to pit me as this person who goes like, oh, you, you're saying this never happens and this never happens, but she's sitting here going like. Oh, white people never had that. Never happens to them, and that never happens to that. Why is it okay for her to say that, and she doesn't need any fact checking? Great point, and I'm about to say about about that to her. So there are scenarios where it's happened to Asians, it's happened to Latins, everybody. The problem is, and it's like I say to Chris all the time, it's just the number seems to be higher when the people are are melanated. Okay, can I ask yeah. one one question to both of you? Mm-hmm. All right. I put responsibility on her, what she just said about the four-year-old and all that stuff. I put responsibility on the police for doing that because it because it's it's messed up that, that that would happen. You know what I mean? How much responsibility do you put on the drug dealer that's stashing cocaine in his house with his four-year-old? Oh, here's the thing, though. Wait, wait, wait. The case How much responsibility? Wait, no, hold on. The case I was talking about, they kicked down the door of the wrong house. It was just a grandmother and her four-year-old No, 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 sorry, sorry. But they didn't On a broader perspective, that's, okay, that's an error. That's a tragic error, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever needs to be paid for, it needs to be paid for, right? What I'm saying, though, in a broader perspective, how much, how much responsibility do you put on the criminals? the people committing the crimes? Oh, I put a lot of responsibility on a criminal committing a crime in the act of a crime or in the act of trying to, you know, have some subterfuge around a crime. Absolutely, which is why not every single case, right, which is is why not every case uh, where a cop shoots someone do I get up in arms about it. Right, because at the end of the day, just like there's a there's a case going on right now, and I wanted more information because they basically shot and killed the baby in a car seat. Um, but there's a good chance that the cops who had showed up thought it was just the man and the woman outside of the car, and that man was accosting the woman, didn't realize there was a baby in the car seat. Right. So I'm not sitting there yelling and screaming about that. I could have covered it on my new show on Saturday, but I didn't because I want more information because I'm not here to try to crucify the cops. But what I will say again is there's a disproportionate number of innocent or unarmed or currently not committing a crime uh, black people who are shot and killed by the police when they're not doing anything wrong, like Philando Castile. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, for you to be uh, well within your rights to be uh, licensed to own a firearm and to carry the firearm, for you to do what you're supposed to do and tell the cops that I do have a firearm inside of my car. So it's where my registration is. I'll get you my registration now. And as soon as he goes to do that, boom, shot dead. Gunshot wound. Twenty-eight year old. Are you? I'm sorry. Panels. No, no, I I was holding the video. (laughs) I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, Mister Mister Research. I was getting kind of bored too. Yeah, I was gonna load a video for you. uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, you know what? You can absolutely say you were getting kind of bored, but at the end of the day, that's the absolute fact. The problem it's not is, the is that you're, you're you're just making stuff up, and it feels I good to say it. No, 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 I Philando. Ca- I agree. I agree okay. with. Phil- I say it all the time. I agree that he shouldn't have been killed, and those police should be be in jail. So um, what did I make up? That you're saying that it never happens to white people, and I didn't say that. The thing is, this is you're removing. Hold on, hold on. You're removing responsibility 
from this. Didn't say that either. Can you? I you didn't let me finish. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Now we know how it is to date Ruby. Um, I'm married. Ah, Thanks. poor poor mm-hmm. bastard. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is you're removing responsibility from the people that are you're you're going like this. Every how? All right. Let me ask you this then. How many black people do you think are in prison right now that don't deserve to be there? Give me a, like a percentage if you were to make one up. 15%. 15%. Mhm. I disagree. Are you well, saying you so disagree. you're saying that that the it matches the 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 population? Um I'm saying cuz you asked specifically about prison, so I'm going to say based on what we do know of people who are getting out of prison and the rate at which they're getting out of prison um, because they're innocent, um, I'm going to say about 15%. That's just based on what we know. Of course, there's no way of actually confirming that data one way or the other. Of course, of course. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to get where your mind is at. Yeah. So, yeah. and and again, I, I do think that white people are also in prison um, and they're innocent. I mean, I've been following that one story uh, hopefully they come out with another season of it so I can find out what the hell happens to this poor dude. Um, and he's a white guy, but he's poor, right? And that's why I said poor, the impoverished, of course, um, are going to be suffering from these issues at a far greater rate. But it's still, even when you're looking at poverty, disproportionately affects Black people. I never said it doesn't affect white people. I never said it doesn't affect Asians or Indian people. Or I, agree. Else, right? I agree. I agree. Because that's the okay. statistics. I agree with you. But I right. don't think that's based on racism. There's so many things. There's more than every other race. Black people have more things in this country that the government is helping you with. And you're, okay. you're way worse off. Okay, but let me ask you a question, though, right? Because, I mean, I brought up a couple instant instances where you said, yeah, okay, that was absolutely wrong of the police, okay. right? So um, let me ask you a question. If they pull over a white guy driving a Mercedes, right? And that mm-hmm. white guy said, um, yeah, you know, I am a CEO at this Fortune 500 company. Um, and yeah, actually, I'm friends with Biden. And that's what he said, right? And he's wearing a nice suit. You know, he's got the Rolex on and whatever. Do you think the police would arrest him and throw him into a loony bin? Because he must be crazy for saying he owns his own car um, and works at a Fortune 500 company. I thought you were going to say he he must be crazy because he's friends with Biden. No, not that part. Yeah, Although well, not, that part was in it too, but yeah. Well, it depends. Some some cops may let him off, some may not. It could no, be... First off, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If he said that, he'd be worse off because Biden was trying to to push the whole defund the police thing. Okay, so take, take the Biden thing away. Big... Take Biden no, no, away. no, no, no. That's important, though, because you used it as an example. The reason why it's important is because it shows that everybody has something to fear out there. It's not just Black people. Okay, you're but not spe- my You're not special. About... Sir, but the thing is, my question was not about um politics my question was about and that's why i said take biden away because that's actually not the point the point is would they lock up a white man and in an you expensive put any, what my point is you could put any on. caveat you want on it it doesn't no, matter because everybody has something to fear wait wait there's wait, a, wait. there's an anti the everything you didn't answer the question and so i'm going to ask it again because you're not Go understanding ahead. the question okay what they lock so they pull over this white guy because i don't know he ran a red light so they're going to give him a ticket Okay. 
Um, and then this white guy says, right, in his expensive suit, expensive tie, driving his Mercedes, that he owns the Mercedes. He works at this Fortune 500 company. Would they then arrest the white guy and throw him into an insane asylum because he must be crazy for thinking he owns a Mercedes and works at a Fortune 500 company? No, because That's that would be question. stupid for that to happen to anybody. Except it happened to a black woman. And that is my issue. How is she and this acting? Is she was acting like a normal person. Okay, show the me the video. Show me the video because I, I don't know about it. So you could bring up all you know the what? cases. If I don't know it, then I can't talk about okay, it. Okay, absolutely. You know what I will do, right? Is I will send it to Mr. Research because honestly, this happened several years ago. How, about, how but, about you come on my show? Oh, you told me I wouldn't last five minutes in your show, remember? I was well, there. Try it, try it. You, you believe me? Uh, you, see how, you see how easy it is to talk you down? If no, you, you know what? Movie, just, if you go on his show, you're going to have to, your first words are going to have to be, allow me to speak. <laughs> you you know, I don't like that. I, and and to be fair, I know I do interrupt, but I, I try to stop. If no, that's why I mean, both of y'all do it, because both of you guys are interrupt masters. So I, I, I don't mind an interrupting conversation. <laughs> I just don't like disrespectful here's people. The problem, here's, here's the problem. You don't mind that interrupting conversation, but you kept missing her question. You kept answering a question that was not she, asked. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I didn't care about her question. Because her question <laughs> is completely hypothetical. And the only person that could answer that question is her because she made it all up. Do you it not get it? make it up. All I did was change the race and the gender. And, and no, to me, I, I don't know the I don't know happened. the story. It's hypothetical. All right, with that in this said, conversation. With that said, let me show you both a video, and I'll get uh, both of your thoughts on it. There's okay. no right or wrong answer, uh, because I like uh, the fact that Chris kept saying, "I need to see, I need to see, I need to see," which yeah. is a great point. Uh, so uh, let's see if we can. Uh, uh, oh, here you go. I'm just going to send you the link while we're while you're showing us that. Send me the link. A man in a wheelchair was shot after he allegedly stabbed a San Francisco police officer in the city south of Market District. Now, the officer that he stabbed is still standing. So he's not stabbed dead. The shooting happened after officers responded to a report of the man vandalizing vehicles with a rock and a knife. The suspect, who is reportedly not confined to a wheelchair, was at first shot with a less-than-lethal beanbag weapon. When he did not surrender, he was shot with a handgun. So they shot him with a beanbag, non-lethal. Uh, my question is, uh, what is proper procedure? So I'm out here in California, <clears throat> and uh, there was no reason to do that for the handicapped guy, because the proper procedure is actually to come from behind the handicap. Uh, nobody attempted to do that. Um, in this in this example, the only thing they can redo, uh, do was uh, claim that they felt, because this is what they said after the incident, claim that they felt endangered. So I'll let the video finish, and then I'll give you guys opportunity to speak. Uh, Ruby, you go first, and then Chris goes last. The officer and the suspect are being treated for non-life-threatening injuries at San Francisco General Hospital. I'm Nick Dietz for CBSNews.com. Ruby, what are your thoughts? 
I missed the very beginning. Um, I had to take care of something really fast. So I didn't actually see what happened. Okay, well, I can't ask you. Let's only get, don't interrupt Chris. Chris, let's I get your... Um, I don't know what the what the training is of that state. Where did that happen, by the way? California. They were supposed to come up behind him, but they oh, did. Cali oh, are you kidding me? California is horrible for policing. That's Kobe's not the question. Bet, historically. It's not the question. What's it the question? Matters. It matters. It matters. You asked me what I think about the video. I'm telling you. Okay. It matters. It did. It, it's not. Uh, I I don't know if it's proper procedure like textbook. Um, I don't like how it looked. Why are you, why are you shooting a guy in a wheelchair? Obviously, that's not a. That doesn't look. That doesn't look good. Mm -hmm. I think the reason I showed it, I think, that was to. I Ruby. mean, what do you want me to say? No, 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 no. It's hard. It's horrible. The reason. Oh, I showed here. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. Let me finish this. Um. He stabbed a police officer. True. Um. So let's not sit here and go because he's in a wheelchair. He can't be violent. True. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's levels to it rather than just, let's look at the video. Okay, so the point being, <clears throat> if I was a regular person pulling a gun on a guy who stabbed me, right? In your view, Chris, how would I be viewed if I shot the guy in a wheelchair who stabbed me and I'm at a distance from the guy? If he stabbed you? Yeah, he stabbed me, but I'm but but I'm living. I'm 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 stabbed, but I'm I'm functional. Would and I pulled the gun and I shot the guy. Would, Honestly, I, I would not care. He stabbed you. you know, it's not an issue of care. It's it's what do you think would be viewed of me? You're you're well within your rights. You're defending okay. your life. So so Ruby, I think that's I don't care what, if he's in a wheelchair. I think that's what you gotta understand in Chris's view. It may not be necessarily a textbook or tit for tat, but Chris has the viewpoint eye for an eye. No, so, no, no. What? Are you kidding that's, me? That's what you just said. Are you are you, you pulling out scripture on me right now? No. No. I'm What's saying wrong that with you. you? I'm no. saying you're, Okay. I'm kidding. If he's if somebody is threatening your life, I don't care if they're in a wheelchair, they could still kill you. It's possible. You're getting I mean, again. Ask you another question? Go ahead. Um, and just because I can't participate in that, which is not fair, I'm interrupting it, but still, I sent the I sent two links to you. So the first one was the one I was talking about with the black woman stopped at a red light and a BMW. Uh, sorry. Um, the second one though that I sent. So I don't know if you know this story. Do you know the story of the caretaker, the black caretaker, um, who was lying flat on his back with his hands in the air? Uh, next to his autistic charge, he was not obeying police orders. And still after all of that, while he was already lying on his back, already with his hands in the air, the police shot him. Did, did you see that one? Yeah, yeah, I did actually. Okay. So um, the reason why I'm bringing up these, the stories I'm bringing up in particular, and this is what I said, when someone is a threat to the police, so they're pointing a gun at the police, they're shooting at the police, they've got a weapon, um, I understand the police, therefore, defending themselves and the population, right? I have no argument against that, right? My issue is, again, the disproportionately large number of unarmed, not actually a threat Black people who are shot 
or shot and killed by the police when they don't have a weapon. They're not criminals. They're not currently creating any kind of threat. But the automatic reaction from the cops the second a Black person twitches their shoulder is, he's got a weapon, he's going to kill me, I got to shoot him. Right? Okay. That is racist. And I'm not saying, hold on, let me finish. That is racism. But I don't think that it's always necessarily intentional, I hate you racism. It is, though, uh, an implicit belief that all Black people are dangerous, all Black people are criminals, all Black people are a threat to you, so you always have to treat them like shoot to kill. And that is the issue in and of itself that we have, and that's not being trained into them when they're in the police academy, but what it's not being done, no one's training it out of them either. Okay, let me ask you a, a really simple question. Mm-hmm. Do you think crime is a overwhelming issue in the Black community more than any other community? I think crime is an overwhelming issue in the impoverished community because actually, if you look at the statistics, of and you're course, saying it's gonna, more, more, more impoverished communities are black communities. Well, see, but that's the thing though, right? Yes, in America, currently, okay. right, when you look at it. However, however, when you actually control for both race and poverty, there's no difference between white, Asian, any other race. Um, that's impoverished as far as crime rates. Right. When you're looking every, at every, rates. Everybody has poor people. Yeah. And yes. Right. And all of those poor people commit crime at the yes. same rate. But, okay. Yes, but there's more impoverished Black communities in this country than any other community, right? Uh, I, I, I can't really answer that. I'm not American. So I can't answer that. You're not even American? More. I'm not American, no. What do you do? Are you do you live in America? I have family who lives in America. Oh, I have lived in right. America. Get her get her out of here. No. I only talk I only talk to Americans. I'm sorry. Uh is that what it is? Okay, well then don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm I guess I'm not you. gonna be on your well, 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 Here's the thing. I understand this thing of crime and crime rates, but people gotta understand. Crime rates are are evaluated by arrest, not by conviction. So while people always like to say this black thing, uh, over half of the of the arrests don't get convicted according according to Department of Justice and Department well, of Justice tracks. That's because they the- take they take plea bargains. That's why. <laughs> Jesus, no, no, and no. Let's also they do. That's that's what that's what sped up the court system in the nineties. Here you go. Here that's you what the go. whole crime yeah, bill you know was about. Though, well, I'm trying to say, thing, am I wrong? Tell me, I'm, I'm wrong. Mute, I'm gonna mute both of y'all. Go ahead. So the only thing I'm trying to say is, for the number of arrests, whether it's plea bargain or not, the convictions do not match the arrests, but the arrests or how they judge crime rates. Go ahead, you, you too. Okay, yeah, and I wanted to add to that because I absolutely agree. Just in addition, when you compare first-time offenders for a similar crime with similar components um, that Black people are often, um, like, I mean, by just for like, like over 100% um, more given jail time and longer uh, jail times, harsher sentences by far, um, than a first-time offender who is not black, right? So I mean, there's a lot that's of other based factors on the you offense. have to consider. That's no, based it's on not. The that's offense. what I said. That's what I said. When you're doing comparable 
first time offenders with it, it, with the exact same charge with the exact same set of circumstances so for example it's not no no no, no no you're talking you're, you're you're what i mean is we're talking about um people who are getting caught well like let's say possession as opposed to distribution they plea bargain down to possession charges oh, uh, i've had friends that done this they plea down right. to possession charges and then sometimes they only have to go to like you know a rehab or something and say and claim right. they have a drug that's problem. Still a that's still right. a conviction. Right. But that's still different than what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you take two people who are first time offenders who are both charged with But that's possession. based that's based on how much you're you're caught with. Some people are really so, so, caught so, with possession charge numbers. Some people are really caught with distribution Ruby. numbers. Classic Ruby no. is talking about is talking about the level of severity with the convictions and Chris is talking about convictions uh, as they relate to severity, but you guys are talking about it from two different uh, streams. You're talking about the same exact thing. It's just from two different streams. One, yeah, we disagree. One, Ruby is talking about from the conviction level. Chris is talking about from the plea level. At the end of the day, let's just meet in the middle on this. A conviction is a conviction, no matter how you arrive at it. The thing that I'm trying to share with you guys is Crime rates are not judged by convictions. Does anybody disagree with that part? Okay. Say that, so say that one more time. Sorry. Crime rates are not judged by conviction. Oh, yeah. Arrests. Yeah. Crime rates are judged by arrests. So it doesn't matter what you get arrested for. You can get arrested for anything. You can get arrested for stuff you did not do. Mm -hmm. Now, when it hits the conviction level, whether it's to Ruby's point, unfair, uh, 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 whatever the case, or Chris, uh, unfair circumstances for um, plea deals, it still goes down as conviction. And all I'm saying is the number of arrests does not equal the conviction. So to even try to say the about the crime rates is really... Um, is, is really a, a, a disingenuous because it doesn't even come close to the conviction. There are way less convictions than there are arrests. So yeah. people are getting arrested at a level and getting judged for as a, as a group, black people, not even based on convictions. Yes. But you're also, yeah. you're also pretending like people behave the same way they do in the suburbs as they do in the hood. And that's just not the truth. That's not reality. Okay, we switch to behavior. We can't judge behavior. No, because behavior leads to arrests and leads to whatever, you know, success or whatever. I can judge. Oh, yeah. I, I have no problem judging behavior. It's uh, within my uh, within my purview, my specialty. Uh, but I'll say this. You're absolutely right that there are differences in behavior, especially amongst the criminal element in the suburbs versus um, in, uh, say, the ghetto or whatever. Mm -hmm. However, let's be clear. If you live in the suburbs, which I have for a lot of my life, um, and a lot of other people who've lived in the suburbs will tell you the same thing, that when a cop stops and you're the only black person standing in the group, the person that the cop is coming to accuse for the slip inside that white girl's hand, for the alcohol that's underneath that white guy's uh, shirt or whatever is you, the black mm -hmm. person. Um, right, you're gonna be. You are far more likely to get picked up. You're far more likely to be arrested. 
uh, for something you're not even currently doing. Now, again, you might get released eventually. They might drop the charges eventually, but that's in and of itself. Sometimes it's a crime to be black in your own neighborhood. And I've had that happen. And I mean, you see, it's it's when you say things like that, that's Mm -hmm. that's complete nonsense. Being black in your own neighborhood is a crime. That's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. But that's her perception. That's my my lived experience. How is that her perception when she just claimed that she lived in the suburbs her whole life and she's trying to tell me, who lived in the hood my whole life, what's happening in the hood? She's not even from here. (laughs) Good point, Ruby. Okay, so I'm not from the hood. Actually, it's no, always it's born. always these, these, these it's always these liberals the who are well off that want to tell people I'm not that want to tell poor people. Yes, you are. I'm also not. They want to well tell off. poor people how to act, and that's the problem. I don't well, listen okay, so to I don't listen all, to you guys because you're snobs, you're elitists, and you're trying to tell us how to act in the hood because you you're in your suburb in your ivory tower. Shut are up. You okay. still in the hood? Let, let, are you still in the hood? Are you still in the hood? Huh? Are you still in the hood right now? I'm like still you still connected. live in the hood? I'm still connected. Exactly. Okay, so I was born in the hood, right? Okay. But my parents wanted to move me out of the hood to hopefully Great. give me better to get you away from the nonsense and the criminals. Good on them. I wish my okay. parents could have done that, but they couldn't. And I, I but I appreciate them. Either okay. way. So so my point being is that I still have family in the hood here in America, in Jamaica. Um, and so I, and by no means am I well off, right? I live in the suburbs, but I'm not rich. Uh, you're you're um, Canadian, I, I aren't you? Somebody asked Chris. I Chris, am Canadian, yes. I knew said, it. Somebody said, Chris, what state are you from? That's the hood. I was born in New York, Queens. Um, and then I was shipped down to Florida. Okay. So New York and Florida. Yeah. South that's, Florida. That's what, uh, that's what Chris is repping. Uh, yeah, so I lived in New York for a while. That's where I lived the time that I lived in which America. Part? Which part? Brooklyn. Upper East Side? Brooklyn. Upper East Side, huh? Uh, in Bed-Stuy. But, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, and, and I was out in Brownsville, so I tell people all the time that that whole story. That was funny as hell. Uh, let me uh, get this last final thing, you guys. Uh, I wasn't able to pull up the Miss Brock video. Um Okay. I saw her. I saw her uh, thing, but I wasn't able to pull up her video. Um, let me get to this last part of it. Um, this has been real interesting. It's been refreshing for me. Um, as you guys know, I told my fans I'm spending some of my last days on YouTube uh, because I'm getting. Uh, I got a promotion, and nice, uh, nice. congratulations, also, sir. Also, uh, uh, I may be. <laughs> I just started my promotion Tuesday, but if everything goes well, I might be leaving because I might get a bigger job offer for about 20 more Gs. So, nice. Um, it is what it is. Let me, get this last, let me get this last thing on something non-political. Uh, let's talk about uh, dating. So uh, recently I had a friend. He makes about 170000 a year. And uh, he's 50. So he got with a young lady that's uh, 53. And for the past two years, she has not been working. Uh, I personally have said to this woman, hey, you cook great Louisiana food. You should be making plates here at the house and selling them because this area that y'all live at, even though y'all got a pool and all this, ain't no food out here. Y'all got Uber Eats. Y'all should be grinding. 
And she never took it serious. And the second time I saw her, I got invited because they 45 minutes away from me. So I barely come out and visit. And then the third time I said, I don't know what's up. You need to be grinding plates, man. Y'all, y'all tripping. Well, he's at work. And I'm gonna let Krishan go first since Ruby went first last time. He's he's working and he gets a notification on his Facebook about a friend that's connected to her and him. And he just happens to check out the video since his notification went off. And she's up there grinding her butt on some 65-year-old dude. Oh. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> and uh, this, you know, and, and, and Ruby, when your turn comes, I, I want you to understand this about my question. I'm letting Chris go first. But okay. a lot of women, man, they say they want love. They say they want, but they don't know how to self-discipline, man. Yes. It's like, mm. it's crazy. So so the conclusion of the story, uh, dude went off. Uh, he didn't go crazy or nothing. But he's like, how you representing me? And I got you living in my house for the past two years. You're not even working. Mm. You should be doing something. But here you are doing this and then I guess she opened her mouth and and something to the point of she thought she had something with this dude come to find out a dude got her as the second option he already got a main chick so she finds out after she kind of breaking up with with, with my homeboy that she's really the second option <laughs> ah. and, so, and so he kicks her out right mm -hmm. Now she's selling plates. <laughs> Living at her mama's house on the couch. Mm, Chris, mm. what are your thoughts? Well, to to start off, um, you used a word uh self-discipline, which I don't believe is a word that should be uh used in terms of talking about women because they're not they're not capable of self-discipline, which is why God created us to exist for them to create to keep the species going they can't survive without us because if you if you look at it anytime they're not anytime there's not a good man guiding a woman she eventually turns into monetizing her vagina some way mm. in some way or another um and technology just made it super easy for women to do that and and sort of feel like they're keeping their dignity because they don't have to actually touch these guys and stuff. They have these OnlyFans pages and stuff. That's their that's their way of thinking they're going to keep their dignity. But then eventually when they get to like, I want to have, you know, their eggs start drying up a little bit. They go like, okay, now I want to have kids um, and a family because that's sort of her natural desire. And um, she has her, her naked vagina all over the place and nobody really wants her. Nobody sees her as a motherly figure anymore. She doesn't even know how to do it. And, and really it comes down to us though, as men, we don't guide women anymore because we're not, we're not allowed to, we're called sexist. I, I would say something similar is happening to guys. I say guys are putting themselves out there as if they're, you know, as if they're desperate sluts. They're wi like, like they're women. Yeah, it's like it's like 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 the first time I heard of people sending out penis pics, I was like, right. "Who does that?" I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're proud of your stiff, 
you proud of your stiff. I mean, you don't have to send it to a chick to approve it. And and let me tell you something, Mr. Research. I was in that, I was in, <laughs> uh, I'm ashamed to admit, I was in that uh, generation. And oh, okay. I did it, I did it twice in my life. Oh, okay. And it's not the act of sending the picture, it's the act of taking the picture. That takes away a little bit of your dignity as a man. Because you're trying to figure out how to, how to do it. And it's, it, how does a woman want a penis presented to her? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, I guess for me, I'm 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 harder on women. I just I don't I, I don't. It care. felt cheap. It felt cheap. Sorry yeah, to cut you off. It I'm, felt not gonna, cheap. I'm not going to put myself in a position for you to approve my ride. Right. <laughs> that's crazy, man. You don't. I you just, don't. You don't sell a car by just showing a picture. Wait. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like. Well, you know, because look, I've been to several orgies in my lifetime. Whoa. Oh. We went there. That was a left field. The reason I I mention it is is because, see, a lot of people, some of my friends, they're like, you know, CA just don't care no more. And and, and I'm kind of at that point because I've experienced a lot in my life. I've seen a lot. I've been to quite a few places. So a lot of times when I talk to people, they're talking from the standpoint of fantasizing about the stuff that I've been involved in. So it's like, you know, I've been at orgies to where there are dudes probably better than me, but mentally they they are just incompetent and they're they're insecure. And, and it's like, wow, man, this this is crazy. So I learned a lot when I first went to an orgy because you had so many people that were taller than me. I'm, I'm five ten, but you had so many people that were taller than me, but it's when I saw the short guys who were confident as hell. Mm-hmm. That's when I said, that's how you're supposed to be. Some of these other dudes I would see, man, black dudes, Latin dudes, insecure as all hell. It, it's just like, dude, you messing up the vibe. I, I, actually, I actually seen a couple of guys get kicked out of an orgy for, for, for starting a fight. I'm like, how are you going to fight? This is ridiculous. Uh, uh, insecurity, you know, yeah. Yes, yeah, big, big insecurity. So just to wrap this up in a bow, and then we'll let Ruby answer. But Chris, you know, we, we blame the women a lot, but man, some of these dudes, man. Oh, I completely blame guys. We men have become more, more and more feminine. And that's the problem. It's feminism. That's 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 really the the root of the problem. It's it, it's making it to where if everything we're saying, we can literally get banned off of YouTube for just saying it. Well, it's well, well, you know, have you, well, I've been well, I've been to San Mateo. YouTube is in San Mateo. When you go there, it's 75, 80% women running. Mm. So there's hardly any guys. Uh the last time I was there was that's- about four years ago because I was complaining about something they did to my channel at the time. And uh, I'm, I'm in a meeting with four women and yeah. I'm walking by several women. And I think the receptionist was a dude. So, you know, I see that. Cool. I see that in, in regular corporate America, you go to let any me, place and it's, it's all women. Let me let Ruby. Ask yeah, sorry, me. sorry. Ruby, you Hi. heard the question from earlier. What are your thoughts? My, my friend. Hi. Honey. <laughs> okay, well, first off, I'm going to say this, and it's a mistake I think a lot of men make, but don't infantilize women. They're quite capable of having self-discipline, 
of having uh, any other skill. The problem is that ultimately in like, say for example, the casual sex whole culture of today, they don't have to. Um, and so they choose not to. Choosing not to do something is not the same thing as not having the capability. So in this case with this woman though, she's 50, which means she's kind of past the child no, no, marriage. No, she's 53, she's 53. 53, sorry, yeah, so she's 53. So she's not in the childbearing uh, state, right? So I'm gonna fall back on evolutionary psychology then, which tells us when women are in that phase of life, what they're looking for is not actually to couple with the guy who, you know, they're the most attracted to. They're looking for the guy who's gonna take care of them. And so mm. it seems like she looked at your boy like, yo, okay, he'll take care of me. So I'm gonna sign up with that dude here He'll take care of me, right? And then in my spare time, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. right? And she thought that, you know, she had it worked out perfectly. And this happens a lot. Unfortunately, uh, some guys don't ever find out. Some guys find out way too late after they've already invested, you know, tens of years or so. Um, but yeah, this absolutely happens when these women are like, oh my God, okay. I lucked upon this guy. I'm not attracted to him. I don't even really like him but he likes me, he's attracted to me and he'll take care of me, cool. I'm gonna secure that as a resource. So they don't necessarily see him as a person, they see him as a resource. Right. Um, you and know? That's what, and that's what's so sad, Ruby. Cause like he was telling me how I need to find somebody, which, which is a valid point. But you know, to your point, he hasn't even secured her mentally. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's, why, that's why I tell people, I'm probably gonna adopt three sons and call it a wrap. Because today's <laughs> women, you know, I might I might ship her in from Africa, maybe mm -hmm. get you know on Fufu, riding a zebra, you know, and just keep her away from 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 the uh, uh, American women, you know, really really pick out her friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> She'll get some friends from homemaking class or something. I, I mean, you tell her you may you may speak. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna be that harsh. It's just that. It's just that this American stuff is kind of ridiculous, man, because you can't you can't even just be at peace. So, oh, here's the one thing I thought about, Ruby, and I told everybody I'm going to mess around because, you know, I think French French black women are the best. I'm okay. going to mess around, get a, a black woman for France or I'm going to, I'm you know, go ahead and spend my last years in Canada. Go mm. back, to, back to Nova Scotia. Toronto, Winnipeg, and call it a wrap. <laughs> Can I tell you my idea? Go ahead. Because have you ever watched this show, 90 Day Fiance? Yeah. Oh, I yes. love that show. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, And every time I watch that show, I look at it and I go, like, these dudes are complete punks, right? Mm -hmm. And... I look at it and I go, okay, this is what I would do. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm about this close to doing this is looking up one of these mail order brides, picking out a good one, bringing her over here. And then as soon as like, I close the door, I like, I take all her stuff and throw it on the floor and tell her to pick it up. Not in a, an abusive way, but in a sexual way, you get what I'm saying? And, okay. and, 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 and tell, and make her realize like, I'm better than you. You're some third world random female wow. that I'm bringing over to a better country in a house that you came from a shack. You're I'm better than you. All these dudes on those, sh on that show are better than those women. The only thing they have over him, over them are their looks. 
Well, that's how Lorraine Bobby cut off. That's how Lorraine Bobby cut off cut off that man's penis with that same type of approach. No, I have a more specific. No, I was being hyperbolic, but I'm saying you got to make her know that she's you're you're better than her. All those dudes on that show, and they don't realize that they let the looks overpower that. It's not even that. Like, there's a guy. Um, I can't remember what his screen name is. I think it's Emerald King. Um, but he's told his story before. So he basically got a wife from you know from foreign somewhere, and that was his belief and attitude, right? Well, I'm better than her. I'm giving her all of the stuff. She wouldn't even be in America without me. So a, she's never gonna leave me. And even if she does, the court system will side with me because she's like this immigrant who can't do nothing without me. And he learned um, when everything fell apart that no, that's not the way things work. All of them, um, all of them are trying to do that. That's the that's the thing is they they are they should already know the game that these women are trying to play. And the thing is, is, is they're only going to play that looks, that thing off, off their looks because they, they're going to end up losing these women anyway. You get well, what I'm saying? Yeah, because I mean, normally, automa- eventually. <laughs> well, yeah, because, but they can, they can all easily get them in line and go, look, I'm better than you. This is, this, this is a better place for you. I'm taking you out of hell. You'll, you'll figure out whatever. And eventually she'll learn to love that because it's more secure. It's exactly what you were talking about. It's security. Let me ask and this. And it's more attractive baby. to her. Let me ask well, this. Can other I say one thing though? Sorry, hold on. Right. I got I gotta respond to this because I hear it a lot and I don't think men understand Help the way me. women work. You are sick. Go ahead. Um so okay, sorry, I heard some talking. Um, here's the thing. When when women are looking for security, someone who will take care of me, someone who can provide for me, right? That's almost like the equivalent of someone who's going to pay my bills and make sure that I'm happy in that way. But that has nothing to do with actual attractiveness to her, right? And so at the end of the day, if she doesn't find you as a human being, like the person she's interacting with and married with and sleeping with, like, you know, sexually attractive, mentally, emotionally attractive, she's not actually happy, then she's just going to play the game until she rides out however long she needs to be here for her green card and then she's Uh gone. Okay, right? but and she's going to go look for someone she actually likes. You're missing one thing that women mm-hmm. have that men don't, but it slows you down inevitably, is dignity. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? We don't have uh, that. So the okay. thing is, is, is what is attractive to you doesn't matter to us. Mm-hmm. What matters is what's attractive to us, and you guys don't give a fuck about that. You guys don't care. And that's the problem right. with American women and probably wherever, you know, Canada, probably the same thing is you mm-hmm. think that you think that you're better than us, but we can, we can do this. We can go, okay, let me show you a world where you can make money and you can be whatever you want to be without selling your dignity. Or you mm-hmm. can find a dude that's going to go, ah, oh, yeah, let me, I know, I know a dude that owns a strip club. Let me put you on the pole and we can make some money. And then that's the dude that, that you, end up going with because the good dude is usually a punk. Okay. But what I'm not talking about American women. I'm talking about specifically these foreign women um, and the foreign women who are specifically available and wanting to meet and marry. No, men you're missing the point. Country. It doesn't matter. Okay. You're missing why we're going out to get the foreign women. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I'm missing it. It's just more that you don't I care. Think, That's the problem. You no, don't care. It's not that I don't care. Hear me out. It's not that I don't care. It's what I'm refuting is the premise that because of the money and the provision, y'all think, well, as long as I keep up that standard, it doesn't matter if she's attracted to me or if she likes me or whatever. She will stay and do what I need her to do, submit to me and whatnot because of that provision. And what mm -hmm. I'm saying is, men, men think that it's just about the provision but a lot of times and this is why these things fall apart um is these women no they actually really do care about the physical attractiveness and the emotional component and yeah. whatever and so they will ride out their time but they'll, and sell, then they'll sell their dignity to go where it's where there's financial security but she'll still have her little thing on the side true yeah so uh, that's it, it, it what it's, you, just like, it's just like somebody came over my house a couple of, what was that, two Sundays And uh, we had been talking about all type of freaky stuff or whatever. And on the day that she was coming over, well, first of all, she got frustrated. And she read one of my texts and she kind of went off. And uh, I didn't respond to it. I let it die for the whole day because I'm not going to respond to some text crap. And later on, I said, uh, must have misinterpreted my, my voicemail. Next time, give me a phone call. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't go off of something that you read because you could have mis been mis misreading it. So moving forward, we're supposed to connect for Sunday. She says, well, my aunt Flo has come and blah, blah, blah. Okay, no problem. We can still hang out. No, no, no biggie. So we hang out and we back at my house. And, you know, we chilling and blah, blah, blah. And she gave me that vibe like, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to have sex. She was all kind of stiff. I said, sweetheart, is everything okay? Yeah, da, da, da. I said, you know what, sweetheart, let me call you an Uber. Let, let, let me just, just go back home. Go back home and think if this is a situation you want to do. The reason for that is because just like both of you guys have said, I think men too many times put women in, in the driver's seat of mm -hmm. these these decisions and women have a hard time dealing with men who got options they need to go after broke dudes they need to go after dudes who's desperate for their vagina they don't know how to handle a dude who's like i'm gonna pay for your uber just go home you know what i'm saying nah 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 don't even try to get me here just just go home and think about whether this is what you really want to do well she went home she thought about it you know, I don't think, no problem, sweetheart. All I'm going to tell you is you got a lot of potential, but you got to be real definite about what you're trying to do. Because I'm not the person that's going to try to convince you to get your vagina. And mm. I, think, I think that's what a lot of dudes you're used to. I'm not going to put myself in that Me Too environment. I'm just not going to do it. And can I add to that something? Uh, uh, hold, hold on. Oh, I'll, go cut, ahead, go ahead. I'll cut Ruby off, let her finish her thought, and then we'll get back to you. Ruby, sorry to cut you off. She gone. Okay, Ruby's gone. Go ahead, Chris. The thing too is oh my now. God. Sorry, uh, I was muted. Me off now. I, no, I was muted, so I was talking. I just got like, a quick. I got a quick thing to add to to Miss yeah, Reese. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. The, the next level to that too now is when you play that game, Mister Research, where you go, no, nah, all right, go take all the time you need to think, but I'm gonna be doing my thing, so she knows she you, know, you have options. What they try to do then. Cause it's all about control with them. They'll yeah. give you, they'll give you pussy 
because they think, okay, I'm now I'm going to control them with my sex game. You get what I mean? And then when they, when you, I tell men all the time, just fight through all that. Don't let her control you with sex after that. And, and you got her on lock. She'll be, she'll be a wife for you. So mm. sorry. That's all I was going to say. That, that, that's what I think the problem with a lot of dudes, especially dudes who are not used to a lot of different women. Uh, they, they celebrate women way too fast. It's like, look, at the end of the day, women want to be protected. Yes. They want, they want safety. And you can be an ugly dude, short dude, a lot, but you're going to win at the end of the day if you can provide an actual home. Mm-hmm. Now, it's up to the woman whether she values that home. Like I said, my friend didn't, my friend's girl didn't value it. But if, if a woman can turn and say, hey, I'm straight, I'm good where I'm at. That's a woman who's worth keeping. It doesn't really matter about looks and all that. You can you can, you can help a woman look super bad, but uh, it, it's hard for you to help the inside. And the same thing is true for a dude. Uh, classic Ruby is that for a oh, lot yeah. of these dudes, for a lot of these dudes, they're not developed and they can't take adversity. So, Absolutely. so you may be getting a lot of sexuality from a dude. But this is why so many dudes need help. Why are women trying to help and assist a dude? Nobody's asking, yeah, you know, no, nobody's asking you to work with these dudes. That's like, go ahead, Ruby. Thank you. Um, yeah, no. What I wanted to say is that, um, and to your point, I mean, <laughs> these these men, these women. I think we have a lot of immaturity and people who you know haven't kind of found their own purpose developed themselves before they get into these relationships the difference between men and women and and whether you agree with me or not the statistics show it is that if you take people and match them up on all factors and the only difference between them is whether they're married or not men are 40 percent more successful when they're married at all factions of life from all ages Mm -hmm. now here's here's the interesting thing about that that obviously holds true for the children but for women it only holds true if they are happy in their marriages for men they could be miserable in their marriages and still be 40 percent more successful so women will walk away when they're not happy and that's the difference between men and women and women think differently for that reason right so like a man will be like well i'm miserable but man i've been building this stuff and whatever and she i guess she fulfills it enough and well okay fine whatever and they'll stay right? But a woman will be like, I'm not happy and she'll run, right? And this is why I brought up that earlier point, right? Because I want men to understand that like this woman who doesn't know you and doesn't like you, um, but you know, she's hot. She's ticking all your boxes and you're like, well, hey, look, I'm providing so much. I'm giving so much money. Look at the beautiful house. Look at the beautiful life I've given her. But if she's not internally happy, she's going to leave. And that's why she's going to leave. And that's why I was bringing it up. I'm done. Yeah, and that's why, that's why I said, you know, uh, for for me, women are not ready for marriage until they're about 34, 36. Unless there's a woman that has unlearned the sisterhood. If she's unlearned the sisterhood, then she possibly can be. But the problem I've always seen is that women get unhappy for reasons that are going on in their head. They're not truly unhappy. It's just things that are going on in their head that they deem as a problem. And it's like, go find something to do. Go take a dance class. Go swim. 
you got to do something other than be at this house and interacting with your husband all day or or get more involved in your kids situation or what have you. That's why I think these other families succeed so much is because you have parents that are forgetting the fact that they are not doing well, that they're not happy and they're doing what's best for the kids and they're finding other avenues outside of their relationship with the husband. Give me the final words, uh, Ruby, and then I'm going to give Chris final words because I got to get out of here. I need to go run. Uh, Ruby. All right. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up. You brought up the sisterhood and whatnot. And, you know, it's just another area or point where, you know, our community does differ from other communities. And, you know, if you can agree that, hey, we differ in that factor, then you might want to agree that we differ in other factors. Um, and part of the reasons why we differ in those factors have to do with what we were talking about earlier, our lived experiences in society um, and the way, you know, certain negative things disproportionately affect us, not like due to no fault of our own. So, you know, I think that we have to keep having these conversations with each other um, and I think we need to start having deeper conversations where we stop arguing about this stuff on the surface um, and start just going digging deeper and deeper and deeper so that way we can kind of understand these connections because again I'm not about sitting there and just rehashing problems and pointing fingers and blame because it doesn't solve anything um, you know I'm all about finding solutions and you know we can't find solutions unless we're getting to the deep part of stuff so on that note then Krishan the Don, thank you for at least being honest uh, and open and also willing to listen. I really didn't think you were going to hear me out ever um, because, you know, as soon as I came on, you're like, I don't listen to women. So screw you, basically. But thank you for uh, hearing me out and actually having a real discussion with me. Appreciate you. And thank yeah, you yeah, for letting sure. me up. Take care, Ruby. Take care, Ruby. Uh, Chris, what are your final thank thoughts? You, Ruby. Um... Well, I, I, instead of speaking on what she spoke on, I'll, t I'll talk on the, the relationship side that we were talking at the end. Um, last bit of advice that I always give men is don't focus on your woman liking you or loving you. Focus on her respecting you. And once you achieve that, the like and the love will come. Uh, it's important to establish the respect first. I'm a mulatto with problems with none of your followers. Calling yourself woke, thinking you're genuinely positive. You want to save the world, but you came and dishonored it. A group of bitches will pick your signs for the photographers. Nothing but a bunch of fucking sissies with their modern twists. Identity politics and apologists. No logic with their isms and their prisons for theologists. Beta males make me vomit, I'm an anomaly. I be dipped in gold like I'm mobbing with Solomon. Any problem with my ideology, you can holler at me on Twitter until they start blocking me like Milo Yiannopoulos. Fuck a mob, I will not resist. And fuck logic, I'm a pirate, his latest project. Could give a fuck about his complex, about his racial composite. Make him come out of the closet like Jocelyn and Robert. Depositing profits from booking studio time in Chicago. Had to stop at Costco to get a blank tape and a bottle. And a model from the catalog at Aeropostale. I'm fairer than Villa Lagos. The hair's like a pair of clippers. Compare us upon Serato. It's apparent we share a difference. I'm careless with hair precision. I'm fearless in my position. In apparel that scares your children. Embarrassed to wear your symbol. On Tinder, I think I'm a go-getter. She thinks I won't vet her. I think I know better. She think I'm exquisite. She think I'ma miss it. Like a vivid clip, yeah, bitch, I'm explicit. This shit just get sick. The script flip like role play. Flip they complicit. We land up like soul train. I like to argue. They tell me to go away, but you know that a fireball can't show a snowflake. I'm the 800-pound gorilla. 
talk about the Rilla. I'm the 800 pound gorilla. Let's talk about the Rilla. I'm the 800 pound gorilla. Let's talk about it. I'm the 800 pound gorilla. Let's talk about it. Fuck your movements with no improvements. Fuck hip hop, this ain't about music. Nothing but intruders selling illusions. That's why I'm killing them all with this true shit. Fuck your movements with no improvements. Fuck hip hop, this ain't about music. Nothing but intruders selling illusions. That's why I'm killing them all with this true shit. The Misfit Nation podcast is powered by Podbean.com. That's misfitnation.podbean.com.